Hello, everyone. We hope you are doing well. Welcome to another um, episode of Life and a Cup of Coffee. I have a cup of coffee here, but there's nothing in it. Well, I can pour some in. That's what you drank earlier. Can you do that? I have to make a new pot. Oh, so you just like gave me an empty, empty cup here? <laughs> no, I just left it where it was. All right. I mean, I'm cool with that, you know, but my goodness. Um, yeah, I would, that's not I very wouldn't fair. advertise that cup. I'm not going <clears throat> to advertise that cup. Yeah, okay, me neither. <laughs> but check this out. We got a um, really cool episode today where we're going to talk about um, a particular letter of Paul, right? Yeah. And what he talks about. But check this out. Before we do that, I'm showing this. This is... Um, Evel and I make the bread for the communion service during during our worship services, and um, from from scratch. Yeah, it's and, not a bread mix. Yeah, and the reason why um, I'm showing this is not to show off or anything, but I have to wait until this gets like an inch over, and once it does that, I'm going to um, just like one of us is going to duck out really quick of the um, podcast, mm-hmm. and we're just going to shove it in the and, oven. Yeah, you're going to put it in the oven. Yeah. Okay. And so if you see me, I got my eyes on this, but isn't that cool? You know, I think it's um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Now this is like whole. It's half whole wheat, half um, white. white, and um, it, they're very tricky to make because with the whole wheat, it, they, they got these little shards in it, and if it mm-hmm. gets too high, it, it'll pop it. Right. You know, so we have to be very careful about this. But with that, with that um, out of the way, uh, make sure I keep an eye on that, okay. Evelyn. Um, let's just cue the music, and then we'll get into the conversation. All right. You sound, sound cool. Sounds great. Let's do it. It's funny out of habit when I hear that music after it's done. I wanna uh, I wanna get into that mode, you know, where I say, "Hey everyone, welcome to another." Um, and we just did that, right? Okay, we just I, mixed it up a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but so. what I didn't get to say is where we sit around at the table and we talk about God, life, and where we fit in over a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. right? And um, we're gonna and be- sometimes you don't have coffee. No, does that make me a liar? <laughs> Well, no, because I'm having coffee. I mean, I, so. my whole life is not dedicated yeah. to living into the title of I, our video I agree. cast. And, you know, <laughs> if we ever decided to stop drinking coffee, I was thinking about that earlier, would we change our name? No, I don't think so. Yeah, hey, because lo- coffee could be a metaphor. It just doesn't make sense. Welcome to another episode of Life and a Cup of Water. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. Well, Jesus. And then we could do, you know what, but Jesus says he is, you know, there's like symbolisms of water going on. <laughs> there's water in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what are we talking about mm. i'm glad you asked we're uh, actually going to talk about romans 14 romans 14 okay <clears throat> um so we're toward the end of the uh, letter right yes which is which is um at the end of paul's long drawn out crazy <laughs> argument to the um i'm going to say the christians to the church in rome which he did not he was not one of the founders of that church mm. see how i just slipped all that in there yeah isn't that cool that's very clever all right um but what do you got over there with right. romans 14 <clears throat> all right i had to clear my throat there okay Romans well, what, 14. First of all, what translation are you reading from? Well, I am I was about to get to that. Um, I'm going to read from the message. And the reason I do that is, at first, I never really liked the message. But then all of a sudden, I thought, I want to see what the big uh, hoorah was about it. Uh-huh. And and through the past year, I have been reading it uh, with other translations. But um, I, I actually think it 
You speaks, like it? It speaks English to people who don't really understand other scriptures. No, I think it's so, great. I think any translation. translation. I, think, I think they're all good. I think they are too. You know, and a lot of people, they get hung up on it. No, there's only one translation. Really? So if like you spoke two languages and I said, tell the other person I'm very happy, you would have to choose words, right? Mm -hmm. To use to describe my happy feeling, right? Right. And you'd have a whole bunch of words to choose from, right? Right. Just like, tell him I'm sad. Well, you, you could be like, well, he's miserable, right? Well, you yes. just kind of like, so that's why we have these trans translations and everyone who says well the word of god well the word of god is in the within the new testament all right is in in greek okay mm -hmm. koine greek right. is from the koine era a common greek era now check this out i noticed that we decorated the table today and without even knowing this you grab my my greek books mm -hmm. okay we got the um nestle island um greek this is my bible i read the um I, I I read the Bible in in Greek. That's just what I do. Mm -hmm. I've come accustomed to it. Um, it took me years and years and years to really kind of like grasp what's going on there, and I'm still learning. At, at night, you see me, you know, learn, reading the Greek Bible, right? Yeah, during our TV show, the well, one the TV show we we watch a night. Yeah, I'm like, hey, this is really cool. Hold on a second, and our K in it's really strange. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> and and yet you're still able to keep up with the TV show. Well, it's because it's not that deep a television show in comparison to what I'm reading. <laughs> Are you saying that we're mindless TV watchers? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's you know, and we got a grammar over there and a grammar over there, and then you have C.S. Lewis over here, in case you're wondering. And then this right here is really cool. Someone from our congregation made me that. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he, <laughs> yeah. He carved it and whittled it. Yeah, and, if you turn it around, it's got a Bible in, yeah. in the back pocket. No, don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Bible in his butt. Yeah. So our, our translations, I'm good. Yeah, I think they're excellent. And I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those people. There are some people that are like, you have to read it this way. Kind of like leads into what we're going to talk about in a second, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. This is the right way to read the Bible. Really? Is it? Yes. You know, because I, I think the right way to read the Bible is with a heart directed toward mirroring God. What? Right? I, I think that's the right way. Or the openness to be like, you know what? I might be wrong about certain things and how I'm living my life. What does the Bible have to say about mm -hmm. this, right? And um, people get, they get in a tizzy. You know, the, the word of God, it says Christ Jesus, not Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, didn't I just say the same thing? Well, I thing? think it's Jesus the Christ. Yeah. So I'm putting an extra word in there. Well, the, uh, the most the really amazing <laughs> You actually did it the right way. Christos. <laughs> um, but um, you, um, the amazing thing is the New Testament did not come to us the same way that the Old Testament did, with being copied and copied and copied and copied. Um, the New Testament came to us um, through, you know, a collection of material that was that was you know it was copied but not in the same way mm -hmm. you know what i mean it wasn't like word for word we have to get this you know if you look at the various man extant manuscripts that we have there there are discrepancies none of which are um affect our theology correct greatly okay it, they just don't okay or shouldn't yeah yeah it, it just like comes down to like you know small words and stuff like that um but, you know, again, there's more ways of saying one sentence than one way, and our translations communicate that properly. Mm -hmm. I will say that if you don't know how to read the original language, please read. So please refer to several translations. And don't go to the one, this one just speaks to me. No, that's not, no, you, you just told me I like this translate. I like the way this sounds to my ears. You yeah. hear how that sounds? Yeah. Go to the one that 
captures what you think the heart of God is um, properly saying. And that's why I took the time, because I didn't like the message, and I took the time a whole year of reading the message, and I'd always go back to my favorite... what am I trying to no, say? No, this is fun. I liked yeah. it. Let me. Can I yeah. hit the cricket button? Is that what you're hearing? I'd rather hear an eye roll right now. I don't think we have a sound for that. But okay, um, loud and clear. <clears throat> what? What are you talking about? An interpretation that yes. you tend to read? What, yeah. what do you? What you got? The right. NRSV, you got the ESV, ESV you got the NIV. Yes. yes. Um, but I picked the message because I felt like I wanted to see what other people were seeing in it, and yeah. as I started looking at it and looking back, I realized that. Even though words matter, no, that's still not ready. Yeah, Even though words matter, it in certain respects, this one does sound like it might speak to someone who doesn't understand fully mm-hmm. what the other is saying. So I, I do think it brings a little more clarity. Even yeah. though it may not be 100% accurate, it gives you the gist of things. Yeah, so. I, I, I think that's 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 a good way of looking at it. You know, know that when you read the translations that you're at the mercy of the trans. It, exactly, and I know that words are important, but mm-hmm. um, understanding well, is important as well. Last point before we get to this passage here today, because it's not that difficult right. to explain. Um, when I say you're at the mercy of the translators, I don't mean like the words that they pick. I mean you're at the mercy, literally, of their theological posture. <laughs> Right. Their position theologically before God. So if someone has like this understanding that God is full of wrath and this and that, you're gonna that's gonna get translated. You know, like, I'm gonna say like um, in the 1600s, there's a certain translation where mm-hmm. you know they were theologically sitting around a table with their theological perspectives. Okay, I'm not gonna name the translator. I don't want to get into that. <clears throat> but they all had a theological position before God and how they understood God. Well, that understanding ended up, okay, in the translation. In the translation yeah. that I'm talking about. And that came during a period, uh, you know, 1600s, a lot yeah. differently than. Well, they we started uh, burning people. Okay. Yeah, they did do that. Though. But, Was that know, a translation you just did? <laughs> yeah, it's called. <laughs> Kendall Lynn Healy um, tongue. <laughs> like bite Speaking your tongue. Speaking in tongues. Let's get okay. to this. This is, this well, is no, I want to Well, no, I want you to finish what you were saying because I was going to say what. Well, there's a lot of things like, um, like in Jeremiah, I think it's chapter 29. I actually preached on this when they say, for I know the plans that I have um, for you, plans of um, prosperity, right? Plans to prosper and not, not of harm. The, the, if you look at the Hebrew wording of that and you really get into it, which is not a hard thing to do. You have the internet. You can, you know, there are sites you can go to um, where you see the, the word underneath. But it's like, for I know um, how I think towards you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of um, shalom. I have, and that's the word they use, shalom, which means peace, a state of peace and harmony, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. so um, Yeah, um, the word plan didn't. Come into well, that. It, all, like right? when when you have thoughts or something, you kind of have plans, you know, mm. of how you want to okay. carry that. So it's like how you understand the. So it's plans of Sharon. Um, Sh- Sharon. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Write it down. Okay. <laughs> no, it's plans of um, thoughts, not pl- thoughts of shalom, which is peace, mm-hmm. and not of ra, ra, okay, which is evil. That's mm-hmm. a lot different than harm. Yeah, you know, harm is really soft word, but it's yes. like literally those. So God has thoughts of peace toward His people and not of evil doing toward His people. 
Um, you know, and in that, because of that, I have a future plan for you. Do you see mm-hmm. that famous yeah. verse? Just yeah. those words right there, just in one sentence, taken entirely out of um, con- context right yeah. there. I'm still getting hung up on the uh, evil and harm. And when I say hung up, I, I don't mean I don't understand. I mean, wow, it it just blew in my mind that, you know, you can harm someone just by uh, stepping on their foot or by saying something hurtful. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's evil. No, it doesn't. But you know what? The people that this verse takes in, in context where they were just exiled from their land, where they saw people just getting killed and stuff like that, and now they're in the land of the Babylonians, they're oppressors, and they're wondering, uh, where is God in all this? Did he cause this? What's mm-hmm. going on? Is he's doing evil toward, you know? So mm-hmm. it's when you consider the context. Yeah. And, and back <laughs> in the days when they were translating in a certain period of time, uh, they were actually scaring people away from God rather than, or, or scaring people into choosing God, but that's not the same as love. In fact, that's fear. Yeah, you know, the opposite. you know, you got this whole idea of determinism, mm-hmm. like kind of gets um, translated theologically as well. That bread it's, is smelling good. It's smelling so good, but it's not there yet. Oh, okay. um, the, uh, the, here, man, we're, we're like really going down. Maybe we won't talk about Romans, but here's another cool <laughs> thing. I'm reading right now Genesis in Greek, okay? And um, during, you know, predating Jesus, um, they translated, the, the, the Jews trans were called into Alexandria, Egypt to translate the Hebrew Bible over to Koine Greek. Okay, mm-hmm. it was the first translation from one language to other. Um, and the fascinating, th- fascinating thing is, when I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm he- I'm viewing the perspective of what these Jews thought, right? About 300 years, or well, I don't know when when it was written prior to prior to Jesus, what they thought about God. And when I read it, it's like like um, you know, in the beginning. When God created the heavens and the earth, it was without form and void. Right? You you know that well in the Greek when you read it is like, and and at that time, okay, the heavens and the earth were invisible and not properly prepped. <laughs> it's so it's like you know I, I paraphrase that okay, but that's what it's kind of getting at when God had this canvas of creation, it was not properly filled yet. Right with with life and order and all that stuff, and he's going to do that. So you get this like entirely different perspective of how the Jews understood um, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's what the um, Bereshit is, is the Hebrew word for that right. book. It's not Genesis. It's a Bereshit, you know, um, in the beginning. And um, you get this view of God that they they understood during that time period. That's another thing translations can tell you too. It's like the Potter and the clay. Oh yeah, so cool. So cool. Yeah, yeah, you, you you form it and stuff like that. So really awesome stuff. You know, it's funny. I don't want to get into it, but let's do this. Let's finally get into what you have here. Our audience is probably like, get you the point. <laughs> no, people who listen to podcasts, really? they realize there's a pause button and they can, or fast forward. They're like, oh, I'll pause this. All yeah. right. I'll pause it. Right. Next time, put chapters in it, people. Right, let's do this. The beauty of it is it's our podcast. Okay, Uh, Romans 14 from the message says, Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over over them every time that they do or say something that you don't agree with. Even when it seems like they're, uh, even when it seems like they are strong on opinion but weak in the faith department. 
Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. For instance, a person who has been around for a while may well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table, while another with a different background might assume that he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list for interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made and the manners to to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Now that's really good. Yeah, because that's a it, really good translation. It 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 is in the respects to. Um, I notice when I compare other versions that the other versions are so short. These versions in the message are all very long, and they're like that to help fill in. Yeah, fill in to help give you examples. They're fill, filling in the gaps. Yes. I will say that, oh, sorry about that if everyone heard that. Um, I will say that um, there's a cultural gap that's existing within this passage that that he touches on mm-hmm. um, in, in the translation there, but he, he's very careful to like say, okay, this is for all people right mm-hmm. now. This is for 2,000 years removed um, from like the Jewish culture that's embedded within this. Right, right. Do you want to know what's going on yeah. with this, this passage here? Um, so what is that? Romans chapter 14? Yes. You're, you're with, um, it, really his argument there starts, starts, um, a little bit before that, like in Romans 13, but it's the same gist here. Okay. What's going on is during chapters one through 11, um, Paul's making this very long drawn out argument and he's writing to the people in Rome. Now the church in Rome consists of two kinds of people, two groups of people, the Jews um, who had a certain way of life that they've been living into for thousands of years, right? Okay. Um, they have the covenant, Abraham and all that stuff, the, the covenant of circumcisions that they engaged into and they had food laws that right that they that they lived into. And in that, that was how God required his people of Israel to live. All right, and that goes all the way back to Genesis 12, chapter 15, and chapter 17. You see that being played out in Exodus, beginning in chapter 20, with the with the law coming through, and then you have the Levitical law and how the people are to live, right? Because mm-hmm. God determines the way He wants His people to live and worship Him within the world that they're living in, right? So you got that group of people who are now Jewish Christians, okay, and um. Believe it or not, Paul's actually referring to them as weak in faith. I think I saw that, um, heard you say that in that translation. And then you have the other Christians um, who are part of the Gentile population. So in that world, there was only two kinds of populations, the Jewish and the Gentile. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, all right? You're a Gentile, Evelyn. Thank you. So are you. Well, the Gentiles come into this thing. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> the to gen- the party. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the Gentiles Gentile. didn't didn't have the covenant of circumcision. They didn't have Abram or Abraham as their father, their patriarch. They didn't have these food customs that they lived into. Okay? A whole different culture. A whole different culture. Kind of like goes back to remember that vision Peter had in Acts when mm-hmm. he was on the rooftop during lunch and he had the vision and God says, take, eat, I have made all this clean. What God is saying there is, by the way, you need to go to the Gentiles and bring the message to them. I have made them clean. 
That's what that whole message mm-hmm. is about right there, okay? He, um, yeah. Aside from him being hungry at the time. But so what you got here is this tension in the Roman church between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. And there's this divide going on where the Jewish Christians are saying, listen, in order for the Gentiles to be considered right with God, they have to take on our customs. All right, they have to eat our food, they have to do this. And you see that, and some are vegetarians, some are this, some eat this. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned this in there, but some may view one day as holier um, than other days, while others may just mm-hmm. view um, all days as the same. Yeah, actually, that comes after. So. He does do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so he, he talks about that, and he's and, and this is really interesting. Paul doesn't come out and say, for the Jews believe this and the Gentiles believe that. Now, why does he do that? Okay, well, he does it because he's unifying the people. Mm-hmm. There is only one people, according right. to God, and they're his people, okay? Um, and he's seeking to redeem all people. So God has just created this new family in Jesus Christ, and Paul is unifying these people, but he's got this division that he has to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. And Paul's saying, listen, the, now the Gentiles, Paul believes it has the right understanding. They don't, they're not weak in faith. They're not weak in faith because they're not restricted by what they eat. They're, the, what day they honor and how they live doesn't, doesn't negate their faith. It's, it's almost like an innocence there that they had versus what the Jews had because the Jews have all this law. Yeah. And they didn't have a law, but they had a heart They had a love. way of living. And a, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they had their culture. So. Well, here's the, the linchpin. Pin? The linchpin of this. Let me keep an eye on the bread here. Okay. What is a linchpin? Honey? I don't know. It just sounded cool coming oh, out of my mouth. Okay. You know? That does not look ready. It's soon. gonna. It's gonna be ready. Okay. Are it's you sure? Be, I'm. I'm sure. Okay. Mm. It'll be ready soon. It's already reached a lip. Okay. Here. Here's what's going on. In this. The Jews are weak in faith, and Paul is referring to that group of Christians. He's not coming out and referring to them as Jews. Okay. Because some Jews aren't wrestling with those things. This is just a weak in faith because their faith is restricted by their beliefs. Okay, the Gentiles he 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 views as the right way of thinking. In fact, Paul, a Jew, considers them part of this group of people over here because they don't have restrictions placed upon their faith. Okay, you following me there? Yeah, it's almost like I, I, I'm going to repeat it. I guess um, because of all their laws, they almost feel guilty. Like I've got to obey this yeah. law because it's what I've grown up believing all this time. Well, you should feel guilty. Like if you go down the street and you run a red light and you get away with it, you should feel guilty, right? But Evelyn? there are you some reasons like, yeah, why you should just... run that red light. Like if someone's chasing you and they're bad. Okay, you there's the gray. That there's the gray light. world that okay. we I, I think we really should okay. be living in. But um, so you got these groups of people, and now here's what I call the linchpin. Okay, it's the main point what Paul is making here. The Jews are weak in faith. The Gentiles have the right view, and he's saying to the Gentile group, "You might be right here, but how you're treating them is wrong." Wait, okay. <laughs> You know? He's saying that to the Gentiles? He's saying it to the Gentiles because the Gentiles are like thumbing their nose and stuff at the Jews, you know, and and he goes into this like, listen to you, if 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 they if they see you eating pork, okay, and it offends them, don't eat pork. Mm-hmm. You're causing them to stumble here. What is wrong with you? You might be right in your thinking, but your rightness, you're mm-hmm. right in your rightness, but you're going about it the wrong way. 
You get mm, it? Yeah. And I that's get that. so when you so that'll preach right there. Cause yeah. from that, what we can do is like, man, there are so many people in this world, in the Christian church, even that like they're right about things, but they're hurting other people with their rightness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in the gospels, Jesus, and I'm all over the place right now, but it does tie together. In the gospels, Jesus was approached. Um, his disciples were going through the grain fields and they're they're eating the grain on Sunday. Right, okay. Right. And Jesus goes, and Jesus says, Hey, don't you remember when <clears throat> David was on the run for his life, basically? And he went into the house, the holy, you know, the holy yeah. house and he ate the bread, the sacred bread that he wasn't supposed to eat, right? Mm-hmm. He was wrong for doing that, but it was the right thing to do. You get it? So right. Jesus, and then he goes and says, For I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then in another place, he says, for the, for the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, right? Not, mm-hmm. But, but saying, saying this, what's more important here? Love, how you treat others, or your rightness? Right. So yep. it's about basically discernment in all the decisions. Like you can go against the law, but it might be for a good reason, hence the David story. Um, and yeah, I mean, the right thing to do to keep on doing yeah, the mission of, that needed to be done. Check this out. If you and I get into a fight, and let's say you're right and I'm wrong, okay? <clears throat> but I'm like not coming around, and you keep on shoving that you're being right down my throat, and it starts hurting me and breaking. Mm-hmm. I see your smile. And it starts hurting me and breaking me down, right? And then you're like, what matters? You being right or loving? Right. You know, I mean, yes. <laughs> we'll talk about this. You later. are correct. My gosh, that really hurt. Um, no, do you understand what I'm saying? And, yes, and I do. Here's the thing: Paul's saying, let, don't, when you're right about something, find a better way to go. Yeah, about don't it. don't don't take your rightness and just rub it in and someone's that's face thing. because that's actually about ego at that point. Yeah, don't go around pointing out. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Paul opens up this letter with saying don't judge mm-hmm. others and he's ending it the same way stop judging people let your conscience you know within your christianity and how you worship and how you love god be your way of doing it and leave them alone because they have their own understanding of where they are at with god here's the wonderful thing god meets every sinful human being where they are he doesn't wait for them to become a better version of themselves. And it's not like you can change someone. The, I think the especially when you, it's with uh, fighting, uh, that only pushes people further away from yeah. the, the possibly it's, the it's truth. Terrible. Well, God loves both people. He loves people that are wrong, and he loves people that are right. Think about that for a second. He's not waiting for you to have a right understanding in order to love you. Abraham didn't have a right understanding. He was certainly developed throughout time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of the people in Scripture, they, they're, we're all wrong mm-hmm. on some level. Yes. And God loves us where we are. But mm-hmm. he loves us enough not to leave us there, okay? But he, God, God doesn't come right out and say, you're wrong. You, right. you, I, I, you sinner. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, I don't want to get into that, but... I think we'll be surprised to find out we were even that much right. Yeah, and we love to be right, especially in a world full of answers. We love to be right. I love having the last word. I love being right. I love it, which, which means this. I love it when you're wrong. For in, When we're arguing, in order for me to be right and we're arguing, you have to be wrong. So therefore, I love my rightness more than your wrongness. I mm. love it when you're wrong. And it's like... It doesn't happen very often. 
Yeah, you're really holding on to that, aren't you? you know? <laughs> I'm joking. But that that's what's going on in this verse right here. And it, it, it's a complicated yeah. nutshell. So it's mm-hmm. not like in a nutshell. Um, but the gist of it is Paul saying, listen, view each other as Christ would view you mm-hmm. with the eyes of love. And it's love that holds all these passages together. Incidentally, um, do you remember this last last semester in seminary for me? I took that course on Romans, Exegesis. Right. Remember that? And I was yeah. tortured all the way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my Greek vef- vocabulary is pretty good, okay? But Paul uses a lot of words that only occur one time in the um, Scripture um, in Greek. But um, my, my professor... Wonderful, wonderful, awesome professor gave us the task of each week he would give us like chapters and um, and he would have us memorize pretty much our memorize our way through Romans and Greek. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, which answers the question why I got into the habit of just like kind of reading it while I'm watching television. But it's a wonderful book, um, but it, it takes time. I will tell you something about Romans. No part of it can be lifted out of its context as a whole, right? Chapter 14 is relying upon everything that came before it. Chapter 13 is relying upon everything that come, came, came before it. You cannot just read 13 out of context or mm-hmm. 14. When you get to chapter 3, it's relying upon chapter 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those letters that people they they look at they lift it out of context and they do tremendous damage to um others with it right right and um yeah it's it's a really difficult book to understand especially when how how um paul uses terms like righteousness um according to paul um, righteousness is not like the the ability to be holy and stuff it's being counted as god's own Mm -hmm. that's what righteousness and counted as righteousness so things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he says like words like for new, people are like, ooh, predestination. He's talking about this. Now he's talking about how he had a prior relationship in the past with Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. what he means by for new. But people don't like to take the time. And when I present that to them and give them a valid argument, okay, as Paul would, they shun it because they didn't grow up that way. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're not ready to do this. This is a time when I, I think I'm right, but it's okay. Right, mm-hmm. as long as you don't hurt people with your with with what you're thinking. Yeah. So Paul wants us to go about loving people. That speaks volumes mm-hmm. to what the church is going through today and, and how we live in the world. Right, right. Boy, it does. Let's be pointers of love mm-hmm. rather than pointing out other people's wrongs. Yeah. Let's let's show them how to love through our wrongness. Okay. Let's 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 do that rather than just like telling people in a, in a kind of like pride filled manner that you're wrong. I'm right. That's such a terrible thing to do. God loves both wrong and right. He loves you, mm-hmm. and He's not waiting for you to be right before He can love you. He loves you regardless. Right. Okay. And I think the biggest problem is that people feel like they need to defend God. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't need defending, mm-hmm. although uh, you know, although he he wants you just you can... to be with him. Um, people today are looking for a seed to hate. That's the environment that is being nurtured today. Yeah. Let's be a part of those nurturing a world of love and show and reveal what the kingdom of heaven can really be like. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, let's do this. All right. Thank you.